Good morning, Tyler here. Welcome to Chapter 6 in Economics 1500. Well, finally, we're into macroeconomics. What we've been doing thus far, Chapters 1 through 5, could be characterized as just general economics, some very important general economic principles. Now we're going to start into the main body of this course, which is macroeconomics. Remember from an earlier chapter, macro means the big picture. Uh, primarily in in this section of the course, or well, which includes the rest of the course, we're we're concerned with the behavior of a number of macroeconomic variables. Uh, perhaps the most important of which is national output, which, as we'll see in this chapter, we use the concept of GDP to measure gross domestic product. We wanna we wanna know how our economy is doing. We wanna keep track of the ups and downs in national output, and more importantly, we we want to understand what determines the ups and downs in national output, the so-called business cycle. Uh, and so in macroeconomics, we're concerned with the behavior of national output. That's one important macroeconomic variable. We're also concerned with uh, the behavior of prices, or in other words, inflation, another important macroeconomic variable. What causes inflation? Well, another, the, probably the the third of the maybe the three most important macroeconomic variables is unemployment. Uh, of course, it's strongly cor correlated with the behavior of the first macroeconomic variable, national output. When national output falls, unemployment rises. And when national output is going up rapidly, our economy is experiencing economic growth then unemployment will generally fall. Well, those are just some of our big macroeconomic variables. There are others, like interest rates uh, and perhaps some others, but those those are the three macroeconomic variables we're interested in. Well, what, the, what we do in the first couple chapters of this section of the course, that is chapters 6 and 7, it's really a lot of terminology and understanding how we measure variables and what they mean. Chapter 6 is all about how we measure GDP, what GDP means, uh, making a distinction between nominal and real GDP, and some other closely related concepts relating to national output. So uh, the, the more difficult analytical material will come later when we, when we not only want to know what words mean, that is, we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we only want, to, we not only want to know what GDP means, but we want to build a model that'll help us understand the changes in GDP, and even what role government may take in trying to smooth out the business cycle. That will come in chapters eight and, uh, and later chapters. But chapters again six and seven are, are uh, we're focusing on how what, how we measure variables and what these variables mean. And chapter six is about primarily about GDP. Well, if you call up your slides, if you would please, I will do the same. If I can figure out where I should do this before I start the start the software that I use to record these lectures. But uh, here we go. Uh, go to WebCT, then call up the PowerPoint slides for Chapter Six. And we'll just start. We'll just start with slide three. Federal government is in charge of keeping track of how our economy is doing. There, you get, they have a data collecting uh, agency, 
It's in the, in the, in the largest data collecting agency is, is the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but we also have the Commerce Department and others, and that's not terribly important. But uh, we have uh, what are called national income accountants. We have the national income accounting system, which is just designed to, uh, as the name would indicate, to account for national income. Now, what really we want to get to is the first, uh, well, the, the concept of GDP. You've all heard the word GDP, gross domestic product. This is a measure of national uh, of national output, but it's also a measure of income because output equals income. If you think of a very simple economy with Robinson Crusoe. He produces maybe two fish. Well, let's say he starved to death. Let's say he produces ten fish a year. I, on an annual basis, I could ask, what's his output? Well, he caught ten fish. But at the same time, I could ask you, what's his income? Same thing, ten fish. So in a broad sense, income equals output. As we'll see, now there's a, a more narrow definition of, of specifically what is meant by national income and we'll be more technical when we get to that point but just as a as a general concept output equals income so when we're trying to measure output with the concept of GDP that's also going to reflect income well here in slide 40 you see what GDP is it's a measure of the market value of final goods and services produced within a country during a specific time period usually a year so it's a measure of the, of, of, of the value. And by market value, all we mean is, is we, let, uh, we let the market attach prices to goods and services we produce. Because we produce all kinds of goods and services in the U.S. economy, thousands and tens of thousands of goods and services. Well, the only way to add these things up is to convert them to a common denominator, which is dollars. Well, how do we attach dollars to quantities? We let the market set prices. So we use market prices. Uh, final goods, that'll, that's just to avoid double counting. If you have a wheat farmer, I think we have a slide in this in a second, but if you have a wheat farmer grows wheat, sells it to the miller who makes flour, and the miller sells the flour to the baker who makes bread, the final product, the bread, encompasses all of, the, which, all of that which went before. That is, the bread has the wheat in it, uh, it has the value added by the miller in making the flour, and then it has the value added by the baker in making the bread. If we counted the wheat as a separate item, counted the flour as a separate item, counted the and then counted the bread as a separate item, we would have had added, we would have included we would have have included the wheat three times, and the flour twice would be double counting. So in order to avoid double counting of goods and services, we use just this concept of final. Uh, goods and services, and you know, there's a little more discussion about it in the book. I'll let you. I'll let you go to. But now, what we want to do. I think this is very useful, as we try to understand uh, the fact that GDP is both a measure of of output and income. Is go back to our circular flow diagram, which is reproduced in slide five. This is a complete. Uh, circular flow diagram in the sense that it includes government and the foreign sector. So, and we've seen this before, we have households who are 
consumers and owners of resources, and we have firms who are purchasers of resources and producers, which then sell goods. If we look at the, we can look at GDP from a couple different uh, perspectives. We can look at GDP as uh, a, as measuring output. Now you see go, firms, firms produce output. And you see in this circular flow diagram that blue line on top that goes from goes from households or go excuse me the arrow points from firms or to households. We could put a measuring device on that up on that top blue line and keep track of the flow of goods and services over to households. And then but some but households remember don't buy all of what's produced. Some of it is purchased by government. And so we'd go down there and also there's another blue line going to government, because government buys some of what firms produce. And we could put a little measuring device there. If we want to measure the flow of goods and services. And then we know that foreign firms also buy some goods and services. Now we also recognize that households buy some of good, some goods and services not from domestic firms but from foreign firms so what we're keeping track of in that blue line that goes from firms to foreign countries is net exports just the so by focusing on the blue lines we're focusing on 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 measuring output but now let's focus on the yellow lines the yellow lines represent expenditures by households. So wouldn't wouldn't it be possible? And this is this is how this conceptually this works. Would it be possible? You ask yourself, would it be possible to measure output in an economy? What's being produced by keeping track of payments on purchases? Well, you would think so, yeah, wouldn't you? If we just are careful and keep track of only payments on final goods and services. So look through the yellow lines, and the advantage of the yellow lines is these are measured in dollars. Firms send over goods and services, output. Households make payments for those goods and services. So back through the yellow line comes dollars to firms. So output can be measured by keeping track of expenditures on output. Looking at the blue line down before, down below, uh, we also see uh, foreign countries making payments to net exports. So coming back into firms are payments for goods and services. Firms produce goods and services, and they re they receive payments for those goods and services. So we can keep track, and I in the circular flow diagram maybe will help you see this. We can keep track of output and major output by keeping track of expenditures on it. And the advantage is, instead of going to the factory and trying to add up widgets as they come off out of the factory, we can keep track of expenditures and, and because expenditures are in dollars we can just add those up across widgets and cars and uh, bread and trip to the movies and all kinds of goods and services. But now there's one other complicating, or not, not complicated, but one other way of thinking about GDP. It's a measure of output. 
we can keep track of that my measuring, measuring expenditures on that output. But given this circular flow diagram and the nature of a circular flow diagram, what means uh, you know, what goes in must come out. If you think of these lines, these dollar lines, the yellow lines representing dollars, dollars that go over to firms come back to households. And there must not be any leakages or pretty soon the number of dollars coming back to households would dry up. That is, whatever firms receive in payments must end up back in households or firms wouldn't get, them, wouldn't get, a, get these payments back again. If you think of this yellow line, these yellow lines that are going around, which carry the dollars as canals carrying water, if there's water leaking out of the canal at some point, pretty soon the canals are all dry. If there are dollars leaking out of these yellow lines somewhere, pretty soon the dollar flow is dry. The payments to firms must wind their way back and become income to households. So we're keeping track of output by measuring expenditures on output. At the same time, that's also we could also measure output as keeping track of the income derived from producing that output. In term, to keep it simple, we could either put a, a measuring device in that top yellow line called payments for goods and services, or we could, we could put a, a measuring device on that bottom yellow line, which is payments for resources. Now we have the complicating fact because we have government, but the same thing. We, uh, we have payments for goods and services coming from government, but we have payments for resources coming from government. So either you can keep track of expenditures on goods and services, or you can keep track of the income derived from producing goods and services, both of them. Both approaches should yield a measure of output, which we call GDP. Now let's go on. We'll see some more of this. Let's go on to slide six, which summarizes, I think, this material. Uh, f well, f first, we're going to keep GDP as a measure of output. If you go to slide, uh, well, let's go to slide eight first. Slide eight just summarizes what I was trying to explain in the circular flow diagram. We can keep track of GDP, which is a measure of output, by keeping track of expenditures on final goods or as income received from producing final goods. Both of them are GDP. And I hope the circular flow diagram will help you see that. Now, we're going to focus our attention first on the expenditure approach, what is, what is called the expenditure approach of measuring GDP. Uh, and then we'll look at the income approach, but you should get you you should have correctly done get the same number, a measure of output. And so what that tells you is expenditures properly measured equal income properly measured equal output. Pro, uh, equal our measure of output. Well, now goes back to slide six, which just tells us as from the out from uh, from the output perspective we're going to. Or excuse me, from, from the expenditure approach to measuring GDP, we're going to keep track of, of, of uh, well, that, that's not what this slide's telling us. This slide just tells us that GDP is a measure of output. But we can measure that by including all output that is sold. Not, now, if we're again, that's a, that's a bit of a problem. See, if we're going to keep track of output by measuring expenditures, we have to recognize the fact that some output's not produced, or excuse me, some output is not sold in a current year. And we call that, 
we, we keep track of this by keeping track of inventory changes. So if General Motors produces a car in 2005, it should properly be included as output, i.e. GDP in 2005. But if it's not sold to 2006, we have to account for that. We do that by keeping track of changes in inventories. That car produced in 2005 and not sold in 2006 would so show up in General Motors' inventory at the end of 2005. Uh, I'm going to skip slide 7 and go back to slide 8, which we've already covered, and then I'm going to go on to slide 9, which I think is the which is the key here. Let me hesitate and get a, get a little drink. I hope that doesn't sound up as too noisy as I record these lectures. But <clears throat> Here, in slides 9 through 11, we're going to look at, at measuring GDP from the expenditure approach. GDP is the sum of expenditures on final user goods and services by households, investors, government, and foreigners. Now that's important, and this, this is the most important I think slide in this chapter probably. You need to memorize this equation and what it means. That bottom equation. GDP equals because what, what we do is we break down expenditures into four categories. Now, and th these are somewhat arbitrary, like most things in accounting. We just have decided to break expenditures down into these four somewhat logical categories. But these same four logical categories, we'll, we'll see them later when we start building a macroeconomic model to help us understand the behavior of GDP. So these are uh, this is a very useful equation. Not just memorize it. It's easy just to memorize GDP equals C plus I plus G plus X, but what it means. GDP is a measure of output. C is expenditures on final goods and services by consumers, or in other words, households. Technically, C represents personal consumption expenditures. Now, business firms buy some of what's produced. You can't see that in the circular flow diagram, really. But business firms buy from each other final goods. That part of final goods is represented by investment. Furthermore, all construction spending is represented as investment. And so I stands for gross private domestic investment. Is and it represents the purchase of capital goods, building of factories, even the building of homes. Because all construction spending is counted for as investment. Then we have the government buying some of what's produced. We know that. So government purchase are represented as G. Now we know that we, as domestic consumers, buy from foreigners, and foreign consumers buy from domestic businesses, rather than keeping track of both exports and imports. Well, let me strike that. That's that's wrong. C. And let me let me say this very carefully. C, that is, personal consumption expenditures include domestic personal consumption expenditures on all final goods and services, regardless of where they were produced. So in other words, C includes imports, spending them by domestic consumers on goods produced overseas. But we're trying to keep track of our own gross domestic products. So we need to subtract that out. We need to sub subtract imports out. And we do that through this final term, X, because X represents net exports. We subtract imports out because that value has been included in C, and we don't want to include it. We want to keep track of our own output. So for measuring consumption on all goods and services, we need at some point to subtract out that portion of domestic consumption which is on goods produced elsewhere. But then exports aren't our exports. That's not; those aren't 
uh, purchased by our consumers. That's not picked up in C. So we have to add that in now. So that's why we add exports. So in balance, so on balance, GDP equals C plus I plus G plus X. Now if you go to slide uh, 10, we see how the, the various components break down. We see that consumption spending makes up two-thirds of what's of spending. In other words, consumers buy two-thirds of all final goods and services in the United States. Government purchases about uh, what a, a fifth. Businesses in the f also about a, not even a fifth. And then net exports are actually it's a negative because we import more than we export. So uh, recognize that net exports can be a negative number. And finally, uh, slide three, just a little bit different perspective tells us who produces it. Now households, can they produce? Yeah, they produce and and some goods never enter the market. Households, well, yeah, it, it just that, that causes some confusion. Uh, recognize how households uh, can be producers and, and government can be producers. I don't like slide three. Now what we're going to do is go on to GDP from I was going to stop there and save this lecture, but let me first finish the income approach. Let me do the income approach because it'll still be quite a bit of material we need to go over. Uh, sl so slide 12 shows us all the different types of income resource providers receive. These payments include wages, proprietor's income, rents, interest, profits, all of those. And you just need to re remember those. All of those are returns are, are returns to the owners of resources from providing their labor, we all own our own labor, providing capital, providing land, and uh, taking risks. So all of that. Now if we go to slide 13, it gives us a little more, uh, a little more a definition of what those all are, and I'll let you, I'll let you go through uh, all of that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, let me, let me spend a little bit on the, the capital consumption allowance. That's a term you haven't heard before. It's the same thing as depreciation. And uh, when we measure GDP, included in GDP is, is gross investment. And consequently, we do not... Uh, uh, include I hope I'm getting this right yeah we, we don't include depreciation now in a minute here we're going to show the concept of net national product and then for that we take we start with GDP and eventually subtract out depreciation to get the net national product net national product is is what we've produced output we've produced in a year net of the capital we wore out to produce it. Well, slide 14, see in, in slide 14 we see that that capital consumption is included in there. And that's, I know that's confusing to you. That, that remember back to the expenditure approach, excuse me, from the expenditure approach we, we measure, we're measuring gross. That's where the word gross from comes, gross domestic product, because we include gross investment expenditures. If you want to go way back 
to slide. Which one was it? Or talks about uh, back to slide nine. Slide nine tells us that the I in in the equation, that all important equa equation, you're supposed to remember. I includes gross private domestic investment. Well, let's just assume for simplicity there's only one type of investment spending. That's the uh, that's purchases of capital. But some capital wears out, and all we're doing is calling your attention to that fact. If Robinson Crusoe in a given year he catches two fish but and makes a fishing pole, the fishing pole is capital. The two fish are consumers' goods, consumer goods. The fishing pole is capital. But if he he uh, if he wore out the fish the fishing pole during the year, in other words, he made a fishing pole, but he also wore it out. Gross domestic investment would be one fishing pole. the The fact that it wore out would be the capital consumed. But when we're measuring GDP, we we don't subtract that capital that was consumed. We include it in GDP. Now, if we go to slide. Slide, uh, is it 12? Yeah, where did it go? It's 14, just doesn't show up on there very well, at least on my screen. Uh, slide 14, which is a summary of GDP from the income approach, shows us all of the different components of GDP from the income approach. Most of it's wages, but we also have that capital consumed. That, one, that fishing pole, remember Robinson made the fishing pole, but he also wore out the fishing pole. But when we're measuring GDP, we're including the fishing pole, the capital consumed. Well, let's stop right there. I think we've rattled long enough. We'll come, out, come back in the second part of this lecture and uh, talk about a few other things.